off the rails from the U.S. Faster Payments Council. Lieutenant, Executive Director of the U.S. Faster Payments Council, and this is Off the Rails from the U.S. Faster Payments Council, sponsored by Volante Technologies. I'm thrilled to bring you this exciting discussion with John Dreckney, CEO of the Merchant Advisory Group. John and I talk about the faster payments from the retail perspective, use cases, and John's affinity for cycling. But before we get to that discussion, let's take a look at the headlines. FPC's Financial Inclusion Workgroup recently completed their second deliverable. This paper is a look at the ways faster payments advance the goals of ESG principles, particularly when they are designed to facilitate financial inclusion. ESG, of course, stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance, a philosophy company building intended to capture the impact of a company on its stakeholders. This resource is available for wide consumption, so whether you're a member or not, you can check it out in the Knowledge Center at FasterPaymentsCouncil.org. The FPC's 2023 Board of Directors elections are now live. Members in good standing should have received their ballots yesterday. That would be Wednesday, April 26th. If you're seeking a seat on our board, thank you for volunteering to step up in that leadership role. If you aren't seeking a seat on the board, please take the time to consider all the candidates and help us put together the strongest possible board. We're preparing to issue our call for session proposals for the FPC's fall member meeting, which will be September 26th and 27th in Memphis. There's going to be a lot to talk about and a lot of folks looking to get on stage to share their thoughts. So get your proposals in. Okay, that's enough of the headlines. It's time for that discussion with John. Okay, we are joined by John Dreckney, CEO of the Merchant Advisory Group. John, thanks for joining us. Reed, happy to be here. Okay, well, let's just dive right in. And really quickly for the listener's benefit, I'm just going to say that John and I, we go way back. We were both at Walmart. John was actually my boss for a while. He likes to remind me of that from time to time. And I, you know, I look back on those times fondly, though I, I don't know if John does. Well, Reed, first of all, I thought I'm still your boss because I, <laughs> I am a board member. So I still think I've got some legitimate claim to being uh, your boss. But that, I will tell you, yeah, that our my time at Walmart was some of the best in my career. I mean, as you know, we got to work with probably some of the smartest payment people in the industry and to really have that ability to collaborate with them and think about payments in a much bigger way was just a great way to learn payments and to get involved in the industry. Yeah, for sure. And of course, I mentioned that because I think some of the history behind where you see the merchant perspective coming from is, a, I think, a really good place to start with the discussion. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, um, you know, I think a lot of people think that this is all like a cosplay for merchants. And and you and I know that, yes, are merchants consider, uh, do merchants consider cost? Absolutely. But it isn't really the reason why we've spent or merchants have spent a lot of time on this. I mean, to me, when a merchant looks at it, the first question we always ask is, how does it serve the customer better? And I think that we look at it and we sit there and go, and I remember having these discussions with my Fed friends many years ago that consumers don't balance checkbooks any, anymore. They've got this instantaneous expectation that isn't being met. And that's 
that's one of the things I think that we see as a benefit through moving towards a faster payment type product. And we think our consumers will have a better benefit because of it as well. They'll have more control over how they move their money, when they move their money, and the visibility into it. And we can solve problems that exist in the marketplace, like let's take refunds, which take forever to get back to consumers, and consumers get frustrated with that. We manage to take their money right away, but we don't manage to give it back. And things like that, um, we can use faster payments to solve some of those problems within the industry. Um, and, and I think we'll see great innovation come. We haven't had a new payment rail in the industry, read in decades. And just having a new way to facilitate payments with the availability of data to move along with it is going to create a lot of innovation that I think the merchants are really excited about as well. Yeah, that, that's one thing that I will tell to anybody who will listen is like, I think there's just untold innovation that can be built on top of this foundational layer. Um, and I, I think there's it's going to be really interesting and fun for us all to sort of see how that plays out over the next five, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, Cause I, I plan to make a career out of this. Uh, so from the merchant perspective, the decision to build fed now and, and now the launch has obviously been highly anticipated, but I worry that maybe, maybe the expectations on the, from the merchant perspective and actually from lots of perspectives have gotten out in front of what we should all be expecting when fed now goes live this summer. How, how are you thinking about this? And do you see the level of excitement as being aligned with the likely reality? Well, I think I think we, and I think Faster Payments is a great, the Faster Payment Council is a great way for us to do it, right? I think, Reed, there's a lot of education that needs to continue to go on in the marketplace. And like with any new system that comes into play, right, it isn't all, all going to be there on day one. And I, well, merchants would love to tomorrow light up a new rail at their POS with a barcode or a QR code that allows the transaction to flow freely. I think thus those of us who've been in this industry working on this for a while, we know that isn't the reality that's going to happen and that it's going to take work for us to get to those other use cases that eventually we need to get there. And so I think first there's that education piece to tell the merchants, hey, this is what FedNow will do, right? What we will see when FedNow comes up, we'll see a whole lot more banks receiving payments. Um, and the ability to send payments to those banks through the FedNow system. But from there, it's going to take a lot of work and collaboration within the industry to build out things that really make sense for everybody in the industry to get behind and to use. Um, I like the excitement level myself. I mean, usually it's hard to get merchants excited about new payment types. And for them to see this is really you know, a new alternative that can create competition, that can create innovation, that can create a better customer experience overall, um, I think is what gets them excited. And, and as you know, there's so many different use cases that um, merchants can use this for, or business end users in general, that I think that we'll see that evolution come. And I'd rather have them have um, at least some level of expectation so that they get involved with it and they understand it than having no expectations and not engaging. So um, we'll we'll figure out how we moderate that that level of excitement read. But I think overall we're we're it's highly anticipated. You know, some of us, I mean, you and I have been working in this within the Federal Reserve system and others for probably what five, six years now. Um so More to actually the fruition. Yeah, yeah. It's it's great to see. Yeah, yeah. I I would say as somebody who, to John's point into our earlier conversation, as somebody who has worked on the merchant side of this and has worked tried to get merchants engaged and 
really, it, it's hard, but there's so many things that merchants are focused on when it comes to running their business, uh, setting and then and then layering payments onto that, and then all the things that, that they need to work on in, specific to payments. Um, but to see a lot more interest from the merchant community over the last year or so, uh, a number of merchants have joined the, the FPC um, and are here to, to join our work groups and participate. Uh, one thing I would say just to anybody who's listening, if you run events, whether those are in-person events, webinars, uh, virtual events, if you're looking to to have a panel about faster payments, and we can we can bring the sort of full gamut of perspectives to that, including the merchant perspective, and we'd love to help you out with that. So just get in touch with us, info at fasterpaymentscouncil.org, and we can get something together. Uh, and that, that leads, John, I think, to a natural prog progression, and that would be where merchants are envisioning this all going. You've got a, a number of members, of your members who are FPC members, so there's obviously interest, I just mentioned that, in investing their time and energy in this space. So what's the vision behind that investment? Yeah, and I would say like ultimately, right, what they see, Reed, is uh, especially our international merchants, they see things like UPI in India or PIX in Brazil and go, wow, wouldn't it be great if we had the same type of system where we can have a direct-to-bank interaction in order for us to really real-time clear and settle um, these transactions at the same time. So I think ideally, like they see that, but I would say right now, what you see is merchants piecing it out to where it fits into their business today. Um, you know, we saw Verizon do some testing around um, real-time payments on their billing side in order to enable things like, you know, instantly putting minutes on phones. We see some of the insurance carriers looking at real-time payments to pay out. And somebody who's been through some hurricanes and some other things, um, in my life, having the, uh, the ability to get that money from insurance companies to pay contractors in a real-time method. Um, we've seen gig economy start to use it for real-time pay, right, where they can pay people as they work. So I think we see a lot of these use cases um, that are starting to infiltrate into the system. And I think the goal is let's get it to the point where um, this becomes a full-fledged uh, multi-use um, type system. Um, up to the point of, like I said, from a merchant's perspective, we'd love to see a QR code at a register with somebody scanning it and completing a transaction directly with their bank. So, but we know there's, there's iterations that we're going to have to go through to get um, to that. And there'll be stumbling blocks along the way because we're just different in the U.S. how we're implementing this. Yeah, and I think that that goes into the thing that I, I always like to to talk about and really the what you know, probably the primary reason why I left Walmart to do what I'm doing now. And that's because I... I personally, I firmly believe that these types of things that we're talking about here, they're not going to happen if all the various segments of the payments ecosystem aren't collaborating to move that ball forward. And that, that, that's what I love so much about the FPC and the main reason um, that we exist is to do that, right? To bring all these different segments, the financial institutions, the networks, the merchants, the technology companies, uh, consumers all together to have these conversations together. Um, so what would you say to the merchants who are listening today about about the relationships that can be built and fostered in a form like that? Yeah, the first thing I would say, Reed, is, you know, if if like I just painted in the, our last discussion, if you have a dream what you want this to look like, it isn't going to happen without involvement. Nobody's going to develop it for you. You're going to have to become involved with the development of it. And I will tell you, you will enrich both your experience and your career through that involvement, right? Because I would say probably one of the best things that came out of my involvement in faster payments is the the amount of knowledge I gained from other people in the industry. I mean, I I understand the business end user 
side of it, like hands down, right? I've been involved with that for 20 years in space. But to start to talk to small financial institutions and medium financial institutions and product providers and developers and all of the other things that come associated with that around that read, um, that cross-functional ability allows you to understand all those different perspectives. And then, you know, one of the things that I've always enjoyed doing at that point is then engaging in the conversations to figure out where those meeting points are, right? Where are those things where both sides can figure this out and to benefit from what they're trying to put together? And, um, you know, and I, I will tell you, I've established what I would consider lifelong friendships through that opportunity and really understanding people better. And I, I think I think sometimes, right, we butt heads because it's like we just have opposing views. But I would tell you most of the time, it allows us to find ways to move things forward in a manner that helps helps the overall good, right? And, and in the end, you think about things like financial inclusion that this can lead to and how it can lead to the transparency on the consumer side. And I mean, those are all great things that we'll, we'll bring to market when this, this becomes available. Yeah. It, and it's a two-way street, right? So it's you learn so much by being in the room with the financial institutions, large, medium, small uh, experts from the technology provider section, the people who are literally building these things from the clearinghouse and the Fed. Um, and they're also there to listen to what you're saying. And they want to hear the perspectives that merchants are bringing to this conversation as well. Um, and it's influencing the roadmaps that they're putting into, into play. All right, so that's enough of a pitch uh, to get involved, whether that's through the FPC or any other way you can find. But you know, if if you're interested in this stuff, there are lots of people who want to talk to you. Yeah, and just you know, for the merchants out there too, if like if you're a Mag member and you you just want to start learning about it, we do have a community or practice set up on the Mag side with all of the merchants who are involved with faster payments, and and it's just a great way to bounce ideas off each other and to hear about what's going on in the industry as well. Yeah, great. All right. It's time to play a game. Are you ready to play buy or sell? I'm ready to buy. I mean, so well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll find out. All right. So I'm going to put out some propositions. You know how it works. So you agree and buy, disagree and sell, and tell us why. All right. Here we go. Fraud is the biggest thing that will hold us back from scaling the adoption and usage of instant payments. I'm selling that one just because I think really consumer adoption is the biggest thing that's going to hold us back. I think fraud is something that we're going to have to solve from, and it's going to inhibit consumer adoption in some cases, but without like getting consumers excited about this, I don't see it moving forward at the pace we'd like. Right. And having a user experience that's easy and simple for consumers. All right. Irrevocability is a net benefit for instant payments such as RTP and FedNow. Yeah. I buy on that one because I'm a business end user, right? And the fact is like the merchandise is leaving my doors when I'm taking that payment. And if all of a sudden that payment goes away, the merchandise doesn't come back. So I need some irrevocability so I feel comfortable with that, that product or service walking out the door. Yeah, that is by far the more common answer any, from, from lots of perspectives. Instant payments will render ACH obsolete. I sell that one because we said the same thing that ACH was going to render checks obsolete, and yet we're still accepting them. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a sell there too. All right, buy or sell Bentonville, Arkansas as a destination for cycling enthusiasts. I'm buying this one, Reed, specifically mountain biking. I don't know if you know, but there's over 100 miles of mountain bike trails that they've built over the last five to six years in Benneville, Arkansas. As a matter of fact, I think we have the first office building in Benneville, Arkansas, in which they built a five-story bike ramp so you can bike to your office. I don't see that in any other markets, <laughs> so I'm buying that one. 
Yeah, it's a big buy. Lots of investment in that. Bentonville is the mountain biking capital of the world. Uh, open banking will proliferate in the United States without the type of mandates we've seen in other jurisdictions. I, I'm I'm buying it, Will. I just think it's going to be harder, right? Because with the mandate, it becomes easy because you're forced into going to do it where our model is going to take more work and more collaboration to get there. But I do think we'll get there. Yeah, it's easy for the ones who aren't being forced. Uh, one of the great things about life is finding ways to give back to help people around the world. I buy that one, Reed, as, as you know, you and I have talked about, I participate in an organization that's called LifeWater. LifeWater is a charity that works on both sanitation and water in Tanzania, Uganda, Ethiopia, and Cambodia. And um, through that work, I get a lot immense um, benefit to my life, right? It's, it's, I'm working on helping people have better lives. And that organization does a tremendous job in a way in which the wells are there, you know, seven, eight years later, and that it reduces the illness within the community by 80 to 90%, which means kids are in school more. And that means that they have a better life ahead of them. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we often don't, don't know just how good we've got it in the United States with where that's just taken for granted when in many parts of the world, just having water that you can use to, to drink and cook is a, a privilege uh, for some folks. So that's awesome. Uh, all right. We will see widespread use of faster payments, such as for e-commerce in the next 10 years by ourselves. Yeah, I, buy, I buy that one because I think it's an easy ca- easy use case to implement it on, right? It, it isn't like POS, which has a lot of hardwire infrastructure and has physical things that happen. And I think making it available online line will, will be one of the first like business or consumer to business use cases we see. So yeah, I, I'm buying all right. And this is the last one. And this is in the business, we call this a callback. So this is something you said earlier, there are tons of faster payments use cases that can be win-win propositions for financial institutions and merchants. Yeah, definitely buying. I think as I've always advocated through the mag, right, is that this payments, this payment space is a team sport and we have the same, the same common consumer we're trying to solve this stuff to, and, you know, they have the same problems on both sides. And so when we find those things where we help the consumer on both sides of it, both from a banking and from a business end user side, it's definitely a win-win. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately, I've said this for years. Payments are about relationships, right? The, the fact that payments are being made is because there's some other relationship that exists between the two parties and the payment is part of that. Um, and ultimately, the the folks who want to support that, financial institutions and merchants, have shared customers who are trying to, trying to make those payments. So I, I think there's just so many ways that we can win here. Cool. All right. That's the end of our buy or sell game. I you have won. You have won the game. Congratulations, John. All right. Does that mean I matched you most of the time? Is that how you win, Reed? No, no. You did. You bought and sold every one of them. Oh, okay. There was no no equivocating. Some people come on here and they try to buy and sell. You didn't give me that choice. No, you followed the rules. <laughs> you followed the rules, and I appreciate it. All right, lightning round time. So try to try to be brief here. We'll move through these very quickly. Use of faster payments that you personally would be excited about, and you cannot say e-commerce or point of sale. Bill pay. I think um, you know money has more and more value as the rate of interest goes up, and I think bill pay would be one I'd be excited about. Yeah, good. Biggest thing we should be working on collaboratively to drive usage and adoption in 2023. Um, educating consumers and helping them understand the benefits of the product. Where's your next adventure in travel? 
I'm actually um, in July going to go to Tanzania to see Life Waters work and never been to Africa. So really excited to go to that continent and to see the work that Life Water is doing in that area. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, what's an under the radar benefit of instant payments? Uh, the ability to get cash sooner. I don't think a lot of businesses have realized how that could help free up their cash flow yet by getting payments sooner. Something people often get wrong when it comes to the merchant perspective on faster payments. They believe all merchants are in it for cost, and it's not really that, right? It's it's definitely one of the factors merchants are in it for, but it's how do you create a great customer experience. All right. Biggest thing that will happen in faster payments in 2023, and you can't say Fed now. Uh, more participants receiving payments. A topic we didn't talk about that people will be talking about in the next year or so. The um, benefit of 2022, the payment specification that's associated with this and the movement of data and how that data gets used. Yeah, I completely agree there. I think that's one of the one of the big under the radar uh, things about this and the, the ability to reconcile in an automated way and, and have a lot more data elements in the payment message is, is a really game changer that we haven't really quite um, you know unpacked yet. Okay, final thoughts, John. Hey, Reed, the, my final thought is what we talked about earlier is the fact of how much more getting involved with something like this in the industry enriches your experience in payments. And that, you know, I know a lot of us are really busy and it's hard to find time like this, but when you get involved with something like this, that's for the greater good of the overall payment ecosystem and you get to represent your organization in it. It's a win-win as we were talking about earlier. And I think the the relationships that you build over the lifetime, um, I can remember conversations with people like Bradley Wilkes and with um, um, others, and I wish I remember Steve Ledford, and it's just it's just amazing. Roy DeChico, all Mike of those Bilsky. people have been involved. Mike Bilsky, yes, thank you. Um, yeah, it's 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 having those conversations and building those relationships that I think enriches um, your experience overall. Yeah, I completely agree. Obviously, self-servingly. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, John. For those of you who uh, want to check out more about the MAG, merchantadvisorygroup.org is their website. They've got a ton of stuff out there that you can check out. Um, they, hope they host in-person events as well. So thank you so much for joining us, John. Thanks, Reed. And that is all for this episode. Thank you again to John for joining us and providing those insights. And thank you all for listening. I'm looking forward to seeing many friends over the summer at various events. And then, of course, at the fall member meeting in Memphis.